Good morning. Good to see you guys. If you don't know me, my name is Eric Matoy, Pastor of the Grove, and uh, they introduced me earlier, but just, just want to say hello and welcome to the Grove. Uh, we're, we're glad you're here. Uh, we're wrapping up a series today. That's a series on prayer that we've been going through the last few weeks. So this is uh, the last um, part of the message that we'll cover today. So before we jump into part eight, I just want to say uh, welcome to those listening to a uh, podcast or watching my Facebook Live. Uh, we, uh, we're glad you tuned in. And uh, glad you take some time out of our day. Um, I, I love the fact that we can um, have that available as a tool for those that can't make it to service, whether they're sick or out of town or whatever, they can catch up. And I, I heard a family today told me they watched it last week, and they said it was good quality, and it was, it was great to still have the experience, even though they weren't able to be here in the theater. And so uh, if you ever miss, uh, go on, catch up on our podcasts. And the great thing about those is if you ever missed in the past, you can always go back and listen to some other series and other messages we've done and, and get, get more about that. We are, are in part eight of a series called Prayer, and uh, we're having some tef- technical difficulties, so you know, some issues are going back and forth with our, with our technology. And so if you are watching on Facebook Live, you probably have to catch it later because it keeps coming and going in and out. Um, part of being portable, the challenge of that is we have to set everything up, take it down every single week, and uh, sometimes there's challenges that, that rise with that. So uh, we're going to just move forward uh, with, um, with what we're supposed to do today. Uh, prayer is all about uh, really about having a relationship with God uh, it's talking with God so we can walk with God and we can accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish in our lives and in our world and so we're partnering with God to make a difference that's really what prayer is uh, God is looking for individuals who will partner with him to bring about good change in our world and throughout human history God is always looking for the individual that says I will I'll partner with you I'll do something to make a difference in this world and when he doesn't have that person, um, he raises up that person to, to step in the gap and stand up and say, I want, I want my life to count. I want to live for something beyond just myself, just what I, what I have. And so that's what we said prayer is, is really about. So the, the, the Lord's Prayer is what we've broken down and taken it. If, if you grew up Catholic, you said this um, probably a lot of times. Um, and sometimes you said this out of a punishment because you were forced to. Um, if you grew up Christian, you might have ignored this prayer because some Protestants kind of ignored it and said that's a Catholic prayer. Um, it's, not, it's not Catholic. It's not Protestant. It is, it's, a, it's a model prayer that Jesus told his disciples. And so for the last eight weeks, we've, we've taken apart a different part of it and said this is what we want to talk about. So the first week is our Father. It starts out with relationship. And we said, hallowed be your name. We talked about Psalms 23. That was a great message talking about the names of God and how, what he wants to accomplish and who he is, his character. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. We talk about the Shema, Jewish prayer. And so every week we would take a prayer from the Bible and we would, we would tie it with that part of the prayer, saying here's some different prayers that people prayed that God answered, and we walked through that. So we said your kingdom come, your will be done. That's really about partnering with God to accomplish what he wants to. It's about praying his agenda first. Um, and then we said the, the next part of the prayer is, is give us this day our daily bread. That's about us bringing our needs to God. They're important because he wants to bless us, uh, because his, his heart is to bless people so they can bless others throughout scriptures he's looking for people to bless so he can bless others uh, forgive us our sins we forgive those who have sins against us we talked about the importance of keeping our heart right uh, and making our heart right with god and then lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one and then we said well, this is important to, to to keep our heart right it's not enough just to make things right but how do you keep things right and really guarding our hearts and god guard us and help us to be the people you want is really important and then last week robert was here and we talked about the last part of this prayer where we where i said it's the summary of the whole prayer um, uh, thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory forever. And we said that's really the summary of the whole prayer. It's about God's kingdom. It's about his power at work, like he's accomplishing things. And then when he answers our prayers, he gets all the credit, he gets the glory. And so today, what, what more in the prayer is there? Well, there's one final word that's left in this prayer. Amen. 
Uh, amen is the last word of the prayer. And I'm going to talk about that word amen and what it means a little bit today. Uh, you know, we use it to close off prayers. Um, but here, here's what the word means. And this was great about this word. This is one of the words, probably one of the very few, if maybe the, uh, one of the only words. I think hallelujah is the other one. But amen is one of the only words that has, has not been re- retranslated in other languages. Like amen is said amen in multiple, multiple languages over and over because that's just the word that is stuck. It's a Hebrew word. And uh, really what it is, is it's a, it's a, it's a statement of affirmation um, to, to whatever, whatever's been said. Uh, so somebody says something, somebody would say amen, or really amen is, is how you say in Hebrew, and, and, and it's an affirmation of saying I agree with that statement. There's a few different words that we can use to it. Uh, um, may, may it be um, yes, we can say yes. That would be another way to say amen is just you're agreeing with something. It is a fact, uh, so be it. Um, so when, when somebody says amen to the end of a prayer, well, what they're saying is it's a faith statement of saying, so be it. Let that be true. Yes, I agree with that. That is fact. And so uh, sometimes in church, well, I'll say something and it's really maybe a good point, And somebody will say, amen. What they're saying is, I agree with that. Like, that was good. Um, so if, if I say something, you can say amen or you can just say yes or you can say, man, that's good. Like, say that again, right? That's, that's what we're saying when we're saying amen. So when we say when we're finishing a prayer, we're, we're really saying, God, we believe that what we just prayed is true. We believe that what your word has to say is true. And we invite you to, to, to use our lives to accomplish this. Um, God is really calling us to live a life, an amen life. Because here's what it says in, in, in Corinthians about Jesus. It says that all of the promises of God are, are through Christ are yes and amen. Like they've been accomplished on the cross. So every promise, every good thing that God has for us, Christ opened that up to us when he died on that cross for us. So all the promises in Christ are yes and amen, which means if there's something that God has promised in through Christ, we can say amen to that. That's good. And he wants us to live a life that's saying, all right, so let it be that way. Let it be the way you want it to be. Let, let accomplish what you want to accomplish. It's a statement of, of truth, saying truly or verily is another word that we use sometimes in, in, in the, the different test, uh, translations of the Bible. Uh, in fact, what's interesting is a lot of statements Jesus would say, he would say, verily, I say to you, or truly, I say to you. Um, what he's saying is, amen, I've said to you, like, let it be. This is the truth. This is what I'm about to share with you. So this word is what we use at the close of the prayer, and it's really about us saying, let it be that, that, that what you want. And here's why I want to close it off this, this, this week, this series off with amen is as, as we pray God's will, and we said this, God answers prayers that are prayed according to his will. Mark Batterson says the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the heart, the mind, and the soul of the one who prays. Uh, so prayer is not to change God's mind. Really, prayer is about changing us. Because as we pray and the more we pray, the more God works in our life to become the person he wants us to become. This is why prayer is so important. You're having a conversation with, the, with the, the maker of the stars, the universe, and you're asking him to partner, to, if you can partner with him to accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish in, in, in your life. So, so in your life, does he, he wants you to be healthy. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be successful. And so when you're praying, you're saying, God, in these areas, you want me to do this. Help me to be able to be, have the right character. Help me to be the, a good steward that can handle all these things that you send my way. That's what prayer is doing. It's us partnering and saying, God, we want to be the people you want us to become. We said this, the two, two purposes of prayer, and this, we get this from Jesus' um, teaching to his disciples in John. He says two, two functions of prayer is that God might be glorified and that our joy might be filled. 
So when he's telling the disciples about, about praying to God, he's saying the two things. When you pray, God's going to get glorified because really prayer is asking God to do something that we can't do ourselves. He gets glorified, and when he answers the prayer, we then now, are, are, our joy is filled up, and our faith grows because he is accomplishing what he's already wanted to accomplish. First uh, John five fourteen through 15 and this is what he says about prayer. He says that this is the confidence we have when we go to God, when we approach God. That if, a key word if, all right, if we ask God for anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we will know that we have what we've asked of him. So he's saying we have this confidence if we pray, pray what God wants us to pray. So prayer is about teaming up with God, what he already wants to accomplish. And when we pray that way, he hears us, and then he answers, and he responds. Um, and so, so prayer works, and, expect, and when you do it God's way, it works all the time because we're partnering with what he already wants to do. So in your life, in your family, there's things that he wants to accomplish. He's just waiting for somebody to step up and say, hey, I will have enough faith to begin to pray for those things. I will, I will begin to live a life in such a way that I come before you and say, help me to understand your will. We said that the first week or second week that we know God's will. It's, it's the Bible. That's his, that's his desire. That's his purposes for, 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 for us. And as we learn more about his will and purposes and desires, we then understand what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. So praying and, and reading the Bible, knowing the Bible, they go together. They work together to help us accomplish um, what God wants us to accomplish. So every week we've talked about a different prayer in the Bible. We've gone through these different prayers uh, every, every single, the last eight weeks. Last week we talked about a prayer in, 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 in Ephesians that Paul prayed over the, the, the church in Ephesus. He prayed for Christians like you and I. Uh, if, you, if you're um, not a Christ follower, at the end of service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to become one because uh, I highly recommend it. I think following Jesus is the greatest thing you could do with your life. Um, but if you are a Christ follower, he prayed for, for you, people like you, people like me in, in Ephesus. And, and last week his prayer was for wisdom. He prayed for wisdom for us. Uh, well, a few chapters later, he, he, has, he says another prayer to, for, for the Ephesians. And this time he's talking about growth. He wants us to grow and mature. And I, I want to share this prayer that he prayed for us, and then we're going to talk about how God answers prayers. Um, this is what he says in Ephesians uh, three fourteen through 21. He says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees, and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. So Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. He's saying, I pray that God, with his unlimited resources, get the pictures he's painting there. He's saying, God has so much good for you, it's unlimited. I'm praying for you that you'll experience this power, that you'll become the kind of people that God can use in this world to make a difference um, through his Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust, as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. So Paul is saying, I'm praying for you that you would grow, that you would mature, that, that you, you would have the strength, the, the ability to be able to mature and grow in God so your roots grow down deep. It's this picture of this tree that's planted by living water. Uh, one of the, tr- the verses we love in Psalms is, is, is a person that loves God's word and follows him is like a tree that's planted by water. All right? It's this idea that there's nourishment all the time, that it produces fruit in every, in every season because of that. It'll keep you strong. Next one. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is, May you experience the love of Christ, through, though it is great, too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So he's saying, I want you to understand it. Even though it's really hard to comprehend and understand, I pray that you'll be able to understand how amazing God's love is for you, for your kids, 
for your, for your coworkers, for your neighbors, for people. God, God loves us so much. And then he wraps it up by saying this. I love this statement. He closes his prayer. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, get that, immeasurably more than whatever we ask or we can imagine or think. All right? So he can do so much more than what we ask or imagine in our lives according to his power that is as work within us. To him be the, be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And then he says, amen. Let it be this way. This is true. This, this is what I'm, I'm praying for you. And he wraps up by saying, amen. And so in this prayer, Paul is saying, I'm praying for, the, for, for Christians, people that follow Christ, that you'll become mature believers. You'll grow down deep. Your roots will go down deep. So you'll be, you'll be healthy and you'll be strong. And the reason is because God wants to do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or think. So whatever in your mind that you think of a great life and how, what you could accomplish in life, God wants to do more than that. I think that's awesome. So if some, some of you want to feed the poor and help them, God wants to do even more than what you can think. Some of you want to help, help uh, um, single moms and empower them, help them. God wants to empower you and help you accomplish more than you can think. Feed the orphans, take care, clothe people that don't have clothes. Whatever it is in your heart, the dreams that you have to do good in this life, God wants to do more than that. That's what Paul's saying. Like he, it's, it's not just so we can know about this God and we can go to heaven. It's so we can accomplish something on this earth for his purpose, for his glory. And he's inviting us to be a part of that. So whatever it is you think you can accomplish on the earth, God is saying, I want to do even more than that. There's something that God has for you to accomplish and succeed in. In this series, my, my goal was not to get you to pray the Lord's Prayer. That was not my goal of this, the last eight weeks. Although I hope you pray that and use it as a model prayer, I think it's great. My goal is that you will know the Lord of prayer, if that makes sense. That's, that's the goal in prayer. It's not so you will just pray something and do something. It's so you can begin to understand the person that gave you this, this prayer in the first place. So Jesus didn't waste words. And when the disciples came to him and said, teach us to pray, and he gave him this model prayer to pray. And, and if you read Matthew, we found it in Matthew uh, chapter 6. If you read through before the Lord's Prayer and after the Lord's Prayer, he's giving context of how we should pray in a healthy way. But he gives us his model. It's a way that we can stay on track. It's kind of like a, a train is most free when it's on the tracks, right? Uh, when there's no track, it's kind of like your mind wanders everywhere. But when you have a, a track to run on, you can stay focused in your prayers as you, as you pray these prayers. Uh, Psalm 23, the prayer of Jabez, all these other prayers that, I, that, I, that I we talked about. I would learn them and use those as more, more structure for your prayer. And grow in your, and, and mature in your praying. So it's not just a simple 21-second Lord's Prayer. That's all it takes, 21 seconds to pray the whole thing. But it would become maybe two, three, four, five minutes as a model to be able to walk through those different elements of the Lord's Prayer. So my goal is you would know, you would know God. Warren Wiersbe, I love this and I read this. Uh, he says this, that the future is your friend when Jesus is your Lord. Uh, the future is your friend when Jesus is the Lord. Uh, I want to I I tell you a little about prayer and how God answers prayer. And uh, what he wants to do in us and through us. All right. So, so I heard a couple of stories um, about about how how amazing um, prayer is. All right. There's, there's a lady who lives in Florida, and she became a, a Christian after she had been married, had had a family. She became a Christian, and uh, her one of her prayers that she was praying is for her husband that he would become a Christian also. Uh, he didn't believe. He wasn't a believer. Didn't go to church there. So for thirty some years, she prayed for her husband every day. God, would you help my husband to come to know you, come come to come to the saving knowledge of you that that he would be a part of your family, a part of your kingdom. And so she prayed and prayed and prayed. Her husband went away on a trip to Florida. And while he was on a, a, away at this trip, he, di- he got in a car accident, a fatal accident, and he died. 
at the funeral, uh, one of the ladies from the church came up to her and said, I'm so sorry your husband died without coming to know Christ like that. I know you've, we've been praying for him for years, and it never happened. And she says, no, prayer works. I've been praying for my husband, and I know God answered. I don't know how he did it. I don't know when it happened, but I know when I go to heaven, I'm going to see my husband. And, and she's like, wow, that's a pretty strong faith statement that, that she believes that she's been praying for so long, God answers those prayers. And it was a, it was a statement of faith. Uh, well, a month later, this lady gets a phone call from a man in Florida. I guess she doesn't live in Florida. He, was in Florida. he died in Florida. And so she gets a phone call from this man in Florida and says, uh, may I speak to, you, to her husband's name? He says, may I speak to, your, to, your, to this man? She says, well, my husband, he passed away a month ago. Um, he's no longer here with us. And the man says, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. Can I ask you, um, when did he pass away? What day? And so she tells him the day. And he says, well, the reason I'm calling is I met your husband in Florida on that exact day that you talked about. He said, I was in my office. He says, I'm a businessman. Like, I, I'm in my suit. I'm in my, my office my, uh, uh, where I'm working. And he says, on that day, I, I, I really sensed very strongly that God said, you need to go down to the interstate and hitchhike. And the man says, that's really odd for me. I, I, nothing, nothing like that ever happens to me. But I responded. I said, okay, God, if this is what you're asking me to do, I'll go do it. So he gets in his car, drives to the interstate, parks his car on the side of the road, gets out, and begins to hitchhike. Well, a man picks him up. And as, as this man and him are talking, as they're driving, wherever they're driving, he's, he's, he's sharing the, the, the story of what Christ did on the cross, the gospel message. And he shares a story with this man, and he leads this man to Christ. Um, and he, said, he calls the lady and says, ma'am, I just want you to know that that day I led your husband to Christ on the interstate. He stopped and picked me up because I was hitchhiking because God told me to. And he said, uh, I just wanted to call and, and talk to him because I got his number and I wanted to follow up, see how he's doing. Um, but that's pretty incredible. He said, in fact, when, I, when he dropped me off, he said, um, when, I get ho- when I get to the hotel, I'm going to call my wife, and I'm going to let her know that today I became a, a Christian, a Christ follower. And he said, she's been praying for me for years. She's going to be so thrilled. Well, the man never made it to the hotel. He died on the way there in the car accident. So a month later, this man's calling saying, can I speak to your husband? And he tells this woman about that, and she just she breaks down, and she's just floored that God would, would interrupt a businessman's schedule to go on the interstate to hitchhike to lead her husband to Christ. Prayer works. It works. Pretty incredible story. Um, in, in, a, a while back, there was this big gathering of men in Washington, D.C. It's called Promise Keepers. They would do these events all around the nation, and it was a Christian organization that would just gather men together to talk about what it would look like if we, we were men that, that led our families well and, and, and poured in the next generation. A great organization. Well, they did this, this gathering in Washington, D.C., and they wanted to gather a million men. And they ended up having about 1.3 million men that went to this gathering of Promise Keepers. Well, there was a, a church from Chicago who had signed up to go with a group. And, uh, and uh, four months out, they, be, they were praying, and, and they, they, they found out that Washington, D.C. has one of the highest homelessness rates in the nation. Like the city of Washington, D.C. has the highest homelessness. So four months before they go to this trip, they begin to start praying, saying, God, uh, we want to help with the, the homelessness issue in Washington, D.C., and so they begin to pray specifically to, that God would help them to, to, to help somebody in homelessness. And as, as they begin to get closer to this date, they really, they, their prayer began to change and God, help us to find somebody that we can lead them to be, be restored back to their family. And so um, this group goes down, and, and, and a few days before the conference, they get there early, and they're praying. And they say, God, would you just lead us to one homeless person that we can impact to make a difference in his life? Um, and so as they're, as they're going through, they find this man. They, they believe that God is saying, this is the guy we want you, want you to love on and, and care for. And so they say, we're, we're going to this conference. We'd li- like you to join us. And we'll pay your way. We'll put you in a hotel. We'll, we'll buy you clothes. We'll, we'll take you to dinner. Just took care of this man. 
And so they went to this, this gathering, this promise keepers gathering. And while they're there at this, the first message, the guy gets up and talks about, about Christ and why he died on the cross. And he gives a gospel invitation of saying, if, if you are far from God, you want to accept God as your Savior, Lord, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want you to come to the front. We're going to pray for you. And so um, the, the homeless guy, he responds to the, to the call. He goes to the front and he prays this prayer. And as soon as he's done praying, uh, he says, I want to be restored to my family. Um, I need, that's the next step. I need to go back home and be restored to my family. This man is from Alabama. And so they said, well, let's, let's pray. I'm sure there's some people from Alabama here. We'll try to connect you so they can help connect you to your family. Um, and so they, they pray. So God, help us to find the right people. On the way back to their seat, uh, there was two men that were walking. They just went to the restroom. They were coming back from the restroom. And they had Alabama shirts on. So they said, hey, maybe these guys will maybe live close to your city. So they said, uh, they, they urged themselves, said, this is, this is the man we found here. They told him the story. These guys, are, they said, he wants to connect with his family in Alabama. They said, well, what city are you from? And he says, the city. And they say, that's where we're from. That's awesome. And, and um, as they're talking about, about connecting back to his family, one of the guys says, wait, what did you say your name was again? And he says his name. And the man starts crying from Alabama. And he says, why are you crying? He says, well, you'll never get this, but your son is actually here with us today. In this big event, 1.3 million people, his son is there. The homeless man meets his son, um, has, has the reconciliation, goes back home to his, to his, to his city, gets, gets um, uh, just restored to his family, gets plugged into the church, becomes a leader in the church. Um, out of 1.3 million people, Chicago guys are praying to, to help a man be restored to his family. The church in Alabama had been praying for this man. They had no idea where he was. His son has been praying for his father to, to come back. Uh, in this event, right, 1.3 million people, they meet up, they happen to cross paths. That's not an accident. Those things don't just happen. Prayer, it works. Uh, one group that prays, uh, Lighthouse, something Lighthouse, they, they did this study about prayer, and they want to know, you know, what, what would happen if we did an experiment? So they picked 80 names in a phone book, and they began to pray for six weeks for 80 names. They picked another 80 names, and they didn't do nothing about that, those 80 names. They just, they just picked them and said, we're going to call in six weeks these 80, we're going to call these 80. Uh, at the end of the six weeks, they begin to make the 160 phone calls. Out of the 80 they didn't pray for, uh, they, they call and say, hey, this is where the, this is the church we're from, and we'd like to invite you to, to our service we're going to have. Out of the 80 people they didn't pray for, zero said yes, they would come to church. Out of the 80 they chose to pray for for six weeks, 62 of them, just on a phone call, said, yes, I would like to go to church with you. That would be great. Because the whole time they're praying, God, would you, would you help their hearts to be receptive and ready to, to accept an invitation to church? Just an invitation to church. And 62 said yes. Prayer, it works. Uh, let me give you another story. Well, give, let me tell you another, another thing. For, for the last few years, we bought a house in 2006. Um, you know the story. 2006, was the market was the highest. 2008 happens and everything kind of crashes, right? So we buy this house, top dollar. And in 2010, we can't even sell it for like $60,000 less than we bought it for. We tried to get out of it, try to sell it, but nothing worked. So we began to rent it. And we had this house in Rancho since we moved back to Santa Fe. We've had this house down there for years. Uh, well, this last year, uh, we said that after our renters moved out, we began to, to pray and have people pray with us. Like, we need to sell this house, and we know where the market's at, but we need God's help to be able to sell this house for more than we owe so we can pay off debt, we can, we can, we can get in a better position. So we had people praying with us. Um, and I just want to let you know, uh, last week we, we signed and we closed in our house in Rio Rancho. We got the amount that we asked for, which was a lot higher than we should have asked for, um, but we prayed. And when we had people pray with us. And so this has been a journey of, uh, it didn't happen overnight. We've been praying for, for years. God, help us to be able to, to accomplish what we need to accomplish in this. And so last week we signed and closed our house and, and got, got the money we asked. So that's, that's awesome, right? <laughs> Prayer works. I don't know the timing all the time, but it works. It works. It works. 
there's, there's a pastor that, that has influenced my life. His name is Robert Morris. He pastors a church in Dallas called Gateway. Uh, maybe possibly one of the most influential churches in our nation. Um, Robert Morris has done, done an amazing job just taking the gospel to around the, around the world. Um, and and I, I learn a lot from him. I, I, I study other, other, other people, how they do things, read books. So I've read some of his books and, and listen to him quite often. Uh, you know, you guys come to church on a Sunday, you listen to me. Well, on week, during the week, I try to go to church and listen to some other, uh, other speakers I can learn and get better, but just also just to get fed. Uh, you come to receive something, I, I watch the computer to receive something. He's one of those guys that I'll listen to. Well, I heard him tell a story about how his family became Christians. They decided, you know, the journey that God took them on. Uh, so Robert Morris's father uh, grew, didn't grow up in a, in, a, in a Christian home. He didn't grow up going to church at all. Uh, Robert Robert's Morris's grandfather's name Joe. Joe worked for the Texas Highway Department with this man named Ray Alexander, and their job was to go and fix all the potholes. So they would put asphalt in the potholes and make them flat. That was their job. That was the team he was on. And every single day, Ray Alexander would would minister to Robert Morris's grandfather, Joe Joe Morris. And every single day, he would tell them about the message of Christ. Just talk, they would talk, and they would talk, the dialogue. Well, one day, Joe says, you know, this is really interesting what you're talking about, about Jesus and the cross. I would like to learn more. And so the man says, well, why don't you come over tonight? We can sit in my house, and we could talk, and I, could, I can teach, show you some, some what it talks about in the Bible and teach you some more stuff. And so he invites, he invites Joe to come over to his house. Uh, Robert Morris's father was 16 at the time. Just got his driver's license. Here's his, his, his dad tell his wife, hey, I'm going to go to my, my coworker's house. We're going to talk about something. So the son says, hey, can I, can I drive? Can I take you there? You know, he's excited. He has a driver's license for the first time and wants to, just, wants to be on the, behind the wheel as much as he can. So dad says, yeah, come with me, but you have to stay in the car while I meet. I want you to be in the car. And so they, they get there, and, and Joe and uh, Ray start discussing, you know, talking for a while. Uh, well, Robert's dad is just in the car waiting, kind of gets, he gets bored. So he, he leaves the car, goes to the, to the, um, um, the porch of his, ho- of his house. And the door is open, screen door is closed, but the door is open. And he's sitting on the, on the porch just waiting for his dad to finish his meeting. While he's sitting there, he hears Ray talking to Joe about why Jesus had died on the cross and, and, and leads into the whole uh, message of, of, of the gospel, why, why God sent his son to die on the cross. And on the porch, um, he's listening to, 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 to Ray tell Joe, and at the end of it, he says, so, Joe, I've explained all this to you. Are you ready now to make Christ your Lord, to follow him, to become a Christian? And, Ray, uh, and Joe says, well, I would like to think about it more. I'm not ready yet. And so Ray says, well, when you are ready, this is, this is all you have to do. It's a simple prayer. And he, and he tells him the prayer. He said, God, forgive me my sins. I understand that I've messed it up. And, and, he, and he leads him this prayer of, of how to accept Christ and how to, how to give his life to God. So on the porch, while he's praying this prayer, uh, Robert Morris's father, sitting outside the screen door, hears him pray this prayer, prays this prayer with him, becomes a Christian on the porch without anybody knowing. All right, his whole life changes uh, when he gets married and has kids. He, he, they're part of a church and they're leaders of the church and they, and they lead him up. And so Robert Morris grows up in a Christian home, going to church. Well, Robert Morris, after years uh, of being a pastor, um, his grandfather's not a Christian yet. And so one day he says he really senses God says, "You need to pray for your grandfather." And give an opportunity to, to talk to him about, about receiving, receiving God. And so he prays says, God, give me an opportunity to have a few minutes with my grandfather so we can talk about, about the cross and, and I can lead him to you. And so at a family reunion, him and his grandfather are alone for a few minutes. And he begins to talk to him. And his grandfather says, you know, yeah, a man, uh, 45 years ago, a man uh, told me all this. And I've been thinking about it ever since. And I think today I'm ready to, to make, make Christ my Lord. So Robert Morris leads his grandfather Joe in a prayer to become a Christian. After a few years... Uh, Joe passes away. He dies. He was 77 when, when Robert led him to the Lord. 
um, he passes away. And in, in, in this process, Robert Morris begins to think, you know, I'm, I'm really indebted to this man who, um, who, who led my father to Christ without even knowing it, but really sowed good seeds for my grandfather. And so he, he, he asks his dad, Dad, do you remember this guy? And, the, and, the, and his dad says, yeah, his name is Ray Alexander. He now lives in Arkansas. So Robert Morris, he calls him up and says, hey, this is who I am, Robert Morris, pastor of Gateway. I just want to give you a call. Uh, do you remember uh, Joe Morris? And the man says, yes, um, I pray for your dad every single day. I mean, for your grandfather every single day. And he says, well, um, that, that's great. He said, I just want you to let you know that um, he passed away. And, but the good news is I was able to lead him to the Lord a couple years ago. And I just wanted to call and tell you thank you um, for, um, for, t- for sowing those, planting those good seeds in my grandfather because he said yes to the call of Christ in his life. And, and he gave, gave his life to God. And I just want to say thank you. Um, and he says, what you don't know is my, my father was outside the screen door the day that you, you, you shared the, the gospel with my, with my grandfather. And my dad received Christ. And because of, of that conversation and that prayer, my, I grew up in church and I became a pastor and evangelist and I've, and I've done some good things. And, you know, all the people I've impacted really are because you sowed good seeds into my family. So I just want to say thank you. And, and he says, yeah, I, 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 he, this guy's just floored. And he says, well, this call makes, makes my life, not my day, but my life. He says, well, what do you mean by that? He says, well, on the back of my Bible, I have a list of every single man, of every single man that I've ever witnessed to. And, and every time one of the men, after they receive Christ, there's a little check mark next to him. And he said, out of every single man, your grandfather was the only name that didn't have a check mark next to it. So when you call and say, this makes my life, this makes my life. It really does, because every single man I've ever witnessed to now has become a Christian. And he said, well, sir, how many, how many names do you have written on the back of your Bible? He said, I'm not really sure, but I'm sure over 100, 100 names. And he said, that's incredible. And, and he said, this is a man whose, whose, whose whole career was to fix potholes. Right? That's, that's a great career. It's not bad, but that's what he was. We sometimes think like, no, you have to be a pastor, to be an evangelist. No, he just, he, he looked for opportunities to share his faith wherever he could. And he would pray for those people all the time. And this man led over 100 people to, to the Lord. And one of those people, I'm sure there's more of those people that one day in heaven will be like, wow, that's pretty incredible. One man can lead so many that who would lead a ton other. But one of those people that he didn't even know he led to Christ, uh, Robert Morris's father, became a pastor evangelist who's now doing an amazing work around the world. Because one man said, I know prayer works. I'm going to pray for this family. I'm going to look for opportunities to, to minister to this family. And, and eventually led, led his grandfather and, and, and his father to the Lord. Uh, it's incredible. Because this is, this is what prayer, it works. And you never know when you're praying for somebody how God's going to use that prayer to make an impact. So you have neighbors around you, you have coworkers, you have family that don't know God, that are far from God. In some cases, they're, they're so far, you would think, man, there's no hope for that person. But if you begin to pray for them, I promise God will hear those prayers. Because the Bible says this, that God wills that none would perish. His desire, and this is in the Bible, if you want to know what to pray for, when you pray for somebody that's lost and far from God, his heart is to make sure that that person comes back to him. He's looking for people to join with him to say, I believe that God, God, God's word is his word and that prayer works. And, and here's the other part of it. You never know when you're the actual answer to somebody's prayer. When God asks you, hey, would you go on the interstate and hitchhike, right? And you're like, uh, this is kind of weird, God. I don't know if I should do this. That's kind of crazy. But, but you really sense as God and you go do that. You might be the very answer to the woman who's been praying for her husband for 30 years. And God says all of a sudden, hey, would you just... Would you go and share God's love with somebody? Would you use your life for somebody? You never know when you're going to be the answer to somebody's prayer that's been there for years. Here's what I know. Every single person in this room, you're here because somebody prayed for you. You're here. 
because somebody prayed for you. If you're a Christ follower, you're a Christian because somebody prayed for you. Somebody said, God, I want my life to count for you. Please use me to help others to know you. And somewhere in your journey, you've encountered Christ because somebody else prayed a prayer that says, God, I want my life to count. And God says, I hear that prayer, and I'm going to use your life to help others. Some of you in this room, you're far from God. The reason you're here today is because somebody prayed for you. And God is calling you to say, would you come home? Would you be part of my family? It's not an accident you walked through these doors. This whole church, we exist because people prayed. And when I say people prayed, I mean hundreds and hundreds of people have been praying for our church. I've been praying for years and years that God would use my life. And our team has been praying that God would use our team to accomplish something more than any one of us could do on our own. If you look around, this is not a one-person thing. It's a team. You know, they, they, they came up and they honored us by saying, you know, we got ordained. That's great. I think we should always continue to learn and grow. But really, the ones that were talking, those are my heroes. Nikki, is, she's, she's leading our kids' team, and she's serving them because she's saying, God, I want my life to count. She doesn't have to spend every single Sunday serving kids and serving families. She says, God, I want my life to count to help impact the next generation. Shannon and his team, amazing team. They're part of the light team, the light crew. They come in. They, they run all these cables that, so we can have light, so we can have sound. Uh, they help put the stage up. They put the lights up. That job is so, so, so important. Without it, it would not be as comfortable as in this place. The, 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 what we share would not be as, as high quality as it is. They don't, have to, they don't have to get up at 6 in the morning on Sundays to get over here to, to, to run all these things. But they choose to because they're saying, I want my life to count. And if you've come to Christ in, in the last two and a half years at our church, it's because of those guys. Because they prayed and said, God, I want my life to count. And our team has been praying for you and saying, God, I want my life to count. Every single week, I walk around this theater and I pray for protection for our theater. I walk around and I say, God, would you, would you lead somebody to Christ this week? Because there's so many lost people in our city, in our world. And I want my life to count. My prayer, <clears throat> I have a heart for India. I don't know if I'll ever go to India, but I always pray, God, help me to reach the one person who can reach the millions. I don't have to reach them, but help me to reach that one who can. So I want to be like Ray Alexander says, God, let my life count. Help me to reach that Joe who's going to, his family's going to be impacted, and they're going to be impacted thousands upon thousands of people, not because of me, but because I was willing to say, yes, there's somebody there's somebody in our G-Kids that God's going to use to impact their school and their city and our nation. That could be your coworker. It could be your brother-in-law. It could be your mother-in-law. There's people around you that God is saying, I want them on my team. Would you pray them? Pray for them. Would you pray them into the kingdom? Would you partner with me to say, help them? And then there's other of us that God is saying, your neighbor, you need, you need, you need to invite them just to church. Just, just ask them. You know, we talked about those, those 80 names that prayed for. We have some um, invitations. Easter's coming up. Easter, a lot of people say yes to Easter, they, they, to come to church. Um, so we have these little cards. On one side is Good Friday. Somebody wants to go to Good Friday. On the back side is Easter. Sincerity did an incredible job designing these. Just a simple invitation. But here's the thing. On the back table when you go out, I would encourage you to pick up a few. But here's what I want you to do. Don't pick up any more than you'd be willing to pray for somebody by name. So if you know three people that you'd pray for by name to invite them to church, only take three. Um, and here's why. I want to challenge you to, to start this week, start praying for them and saying, God, would you, would you work on their hearts so they can say yes, so that when they come on Easter Sunday and we give a presentation of saying, this is why we celebrate Easter, because the, the grave is empty. 
God is no longer there. He died on the cross for us, but he's alive today. And we can live in him. And we give that invitation to people on, Sunday, on Easter Sunday. There's going to be a lot of people who raise their hand and say, I, I, I want in on that. Why? Because somebody invited them to church. Somebody prayed for them. So pick up an invitation and, and only get the amount that you're going to pray for somebody by name. Uh, we want to do that because we want to be strategic in our, in our church. Um, it'd be great to have 500 people come to Easter, but the truth is if we can't connect with those 500, they may never come back again. I'd rather have 100 new guests that we can connect with and say, that's awesome you're here. Man, come back next week, and we get more of them to come back and on a journey with us because we'll make a greater impact that way if we have relationships, if we're praying for them, if we're making an impact. And here's the other part. You'll have responsibility for those people because if you pray for them, God's going to say, all right, now live a life that shows, demonstrates to them that you're serious. Let them see something in you that's different. That's what prayer is about. It's about us partnering with God so he can create in us and change us and shape us and mold us. The Lord's prayer is saying, get healthy. Seek my kingdom. Let me work in your life, and then I'll, I'll get the credit for it for working in your life. And we turn and say, God, thank you for doing what you've done. Um, I, I could have chose to do a lot of things with my life. But I said, God, I say yes to whatever you're asking me. Get in front of a whole bunch of people. I'm not necessarily comfortable speaking in a lot of front of a lot of people. It's not like something I, I live for. Some, sometimes I actually dread it. It's not all that like life-giving to me sometimes. It's hard. But I said, God, I'm not here to do what I'm comfortable with. I'm not here to do what even I'm the best at. I'm just here to say yes, whatever you want to do, I say yes with you. I say, amen. Do it. Whatever you want to do, you do it. Do it with me. Uh, go to the last one for me. Um, here's our challenge. All right, so our challenge for this is wrap our series up. Would you partner with God and begin to pray for the lost? In Matthew, Jesus says that there was a farmer who had 99 sheep. Um, one of them got lost. The shepherd went and looked. He left the 99 to look for the one lost one. And he said this. He said, this is how our father's heart is, that none would perish, that all would come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. God's heart is to go look for the one lost. We have 99 found sheep in here. That's great. But in our, in our community, there's a lost sheep somewhere. And God is saying, would you go look for the one lost one? Uh, let me read one more scripture for you. Uh, in, in Peter, Second Peter, the next one for me. Second Peter 3, 9 through 10. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God has been patient with us. Today you're here. God has been patient with you. And he's saying, don't miss this opportunity. Because the end of your life will come like a thief when you're not ready. It'll just happen all of a sudden. Don't miss it is what the scripture is telling us. God is being patient saying, today is the day you need to give your life to God. Today is the day that you trust him with everything you have. And so today, I want to give an opportunity to you to do that. Prayer works. I've been praying for you. You're here because I've been praying for you. I know you're here. And God is saying, today is the day I want you to become part of my family. Today's the day I want you to follow my lead. Let me be the one in front leading you. That's God's invitation to be king and to be Lord. Is let me show you a better way. Let me lead you that way. Do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads today? If you're here today and I talk about this, you, you know today that you may need to make a decision to turn your life over to God. God is being patient with you. He wills that none would die apart from him. And today God is saying, would you give your life to me? If that's you, lead you in a simple prayer. I'm not going to call you to the front. Uh, just lead you in a, in a prayer right there at your seat. But if that is you, would you lift your hand and let me know you're here today? 
I see your hand. I see your hand. I see it. Yeah. Awesome. I see your hand. Once you put it up, you can put it back down. I see it. See those? It's not an accident you came today. God is saying, would you let me be the Lord of your life? Let me lead. My way is so much better than you can imagine. I want to do so much more in your life than you ever thought possible. If you raise your hand, would you just say a simple prayer with me, just saying, God, you're asking him to forgive you. You're acknowledging that he is God and you want to follow his lead. It's as simple as that. If you're a Christ follower, would you join us in praying this today? So nobody's praying alone. Say this, say this. Say, Father God, today I commit my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongdoing, my poor choices. Today, I invite you into my life. I believe you died on that cross for my sins so I could be made right with you. I believe you're alive today with good plans for my life. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.